are joined by Springfield Police Chief Kenny Winslow. And Chief, uh, good morning to you. And how's everything going today? Oh, it's all right. Just getting the morning started. Uh, we got a big day with uh, some testing going on today for some new police officer candidates to establish our eligibility list. Uh, so it's going to be an exciting day. But obviously, uh, you know, one just been exciting to see people that are still interested in law enforcement, you know, in spite of all the times that we're in right now. so I was just going to um, make the same comment. You know, I'm, I'm, that, that warms my heart to hear that people are interested in being a, a police officer. That's great. No, exactly. Actually, our recruiting went pretty well this time, and uh, we got a little over 400. We had about almost 600 applicants, but uh, about 420 say they're going to show up today. So we'll see how many actually do. So we'll see how it goes. Oh, that's terrific. Anyway, let's talk a little bit about the ordinance that we're working on. I had Alderman Gregory on yesterday and, um, you know, codifying the what the police are going to use as far as force goes. You know, what what can you tell us is in the ordinance and uh, are we going to be able to abide by it? Yeah, there's a uh, obviously we're waiting for the final amendments. I know that we had a discussion with uh, Alderman Gregory and Alderman Turner on Monday or so Tuesday last week. I say it was before council Tuesday. And uh, expressed some concerns that we had about what they had their, in their previous draft and came to an agreement with it. And uh, we were able to, they said they would submit some amendments. I haven't seen it, the amended copy yet, but I'm assuming it's going to be what we talked about. Um, you know, probably the most controversial thing is to talk about, oh, I don't have it right in front of me, but there was one in there about can't use uh, tear gas, pepper spray, um, stun grenades. Uh, I can't remember what all was in there, but can't use it unless, uh, um, I wish I had it in front of me. Can't use it unless you had an emergency order, that kind of thing. Then we, you know, there was some language in there about unless you're protecting person, property, or trying to affect an arrest. And we explained to them why we needed uh, pepper spray taken out of that. Uh, and the fact that we have to have that ability when you're trying to break up the crowd, you don't have a lot of options. And, you know, taking less lethal options out of the officer's hands leaves you fewer options to dis- to uh, handle the incident and, you know, disperse the crowd. And we talked about it and we explained to them why we thought we needed that tool there and stuff. And so they agreed to take that out. So um, as far as, you know, the use of tear gas, the use of uh, stun grenades, rubber bullets, it's not a big deal. We don't use stun grenades. We don't use rubber bullets. As far as the tear gas and other less lethal options, those are used by my emergency response team, my mobile field force team. Uh, so if they were called in to do something like that, they would be protecting property or persons or affecting the arrest. The only time you would use that anyway. So uh, it's pretty much what our policy already says. So which is a matter of you know working on getting that OC out of there or pepper spray out of there and explaining why we needed that resource to disperse those crowds. Exactly. Uh, Chief Kenny Winslow is with us on news uh, on uh, WMAY at 92.7, and 9.70 a.m. Chief, you know, the other part of it is is that what I drilled down from Alderman Gregory yesterday is that there's really not going to be any difference as far as review goes. In other words, if you have to use pepper spray and there's a there's a, a dispute about it or whatever, you know, it's pretty much the same review, isn't it? Yeah, you know, if, there's a, if, if somebody has a problem with the use of force, they can always go to internal affairs and make a complaint on excessive force, and it would go through its normal process uh, for review. Uh, with that said, um, the process is an in-depth review, and then you just got to go through it. It's not going to change. This doesn't change the, the process for review process. And when we go through an internal affairs complaint, if the uh, complaint comes out not sustained or unfounded or exonerated, meaning that there was no discipline, then somebody can appeal that to the PCRC, the Police Civilian Review Commission, um, and then they can have 
you know, express their concerns there about the investigation, and then the PCRC can make a suggestion to me. So that's how the process works as of right now. I know another part of the ordinance, too, is going to be about the relations, you know, with the community and stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I, I like the fact that that's happening, but where I, I seem to have a problem, at least me personally, and I know another, other people, too, is that, that we don't seem to have any measuring points. It's kind of difficult to see what kind of progress we're making between the community and, and, and the police department. You know, will this new ordinance have some kind of benchmarks that we could actually measure and say, hey, this happened or whatever, or we're making progress and, and it'll satisfy all parties involved? You know, as far as uh, benchmarks to measure uh, police community relations, unless something gets put in there, I, there's nothing in there right now. Unless something's getting put in, I'm not aware of. In the draft that we originally had, there was nothing in there to measure police community relations. Uh, it's very important. It's something we've been working on forever. Years ago, we did a survey. Uh, we used to do survey cards and stuff each time you got stopped by the police. We've done that in the past. The most recent was when we started our focus deterrence program back in 2018. There was a public survey in the uh, amongst the whole city as well as the affected area. That was the last time we really had any uh, public survey. But we've thought about, we've been thinking about, figure out how we could do something like that. Uh, you know, with modern technology, I don't think we have to give cards out anymore. I think we sure. passed those days. Um, but we're talking about there maybe some way we can look at that in the future to try to measure that. Um, but right now, as far as I'm aware, there's nothing in the orders for that. Chief, I was horrified, along with other Springfield uh, citizens, to hear you talking at the council last Tuesday night about the fact that four officers had had guns pulled on them in the last five weeks, and it was all verified by body cam. You know, obviously, there, there's there been a level of disrespect between the community and the police to, to even do that. You know, um, speak to that a little bit, and more specifically, you know, what, what has to happen in the community to stop this, you know, this disrespect to police officers? at least perceived in my opinion you know I, I, I is that is that the read you get on it too or well there's definitely uh, heightened tensions you know we've always uh, dealt with encountering armed people and I sometimes think people don't understand the uh, the risk that our officers take day in and day out or they see it they don't think it happens here and um, you know just lately there's been a lot of people with guns that we've encountered um, you know, we just had an incident two nights ago. There'll be a press release coming out later today uh, where one of my officers was shot at again. Okay, that's two officers shot at in the last, oh, five weeks or so. I'd have to go back and look, you know, four or five weeks. Uh, I think it was mid-July, early July when the last one happened, so maybe a little longer, maybe two months. Um, but, again, you add that, you add the incidents where we're encountering these people more frequently who are uh, running either in their vehicles and fleeing, and we're getting into chases, you know, and obviously we have a very restrictive uh, chase policy. But you throw that on top of the fact the foot pursuits where you're coming around a corner and, uh, you know, the person's got the gun in their hand. You know, it, when it comes to these type of incidents, we've been very, very fortunate that um, the people comply. They've complied. They've dropped the weapon, um, you know. But now it seems more than ever, you know, instead of just as they're running and throwing the weapon, they're turning toward the officers. and. Uh, you know, like I said, in each one of those incidents, one of them was a standoff where the gentleman pointed the weapon at multiple officers for a long period of time uh, and then ended up ramming one of my squad cars when he decided he was going to try to leave. And we were still able to get him out of the car without using lethal force. Um, but my fear as a leader is that, you know, uh, one of these are going to go the other way. And then it, while it may be a justified shooting, what's going to happen to our community. And that's the fears I live with daily. And, you know, we're not perfect either. You know, um, 
you know, we've had some incidents recently, you know, where our officers could have done a little bit better. But for the most part, our officers do a good job day in, day out. But we do have stuff out there, and we do use force. And force is never pretty, and our profession is ugly. And the use of force, whether justified or unjustified, is going to appear the same. It's still going to be ugly. And we don't want people to jump to conclusions. We don't want people out and to the streets, you know. And uh, that, you know, right now, um, as I talk to chiefs around the state, as we frequently do, um, that any any use of force is going to be met with resistance. It's going to be met with uh, scrutiny, which is fine. But it's the response to that is what I'm I'm scared of as a leader. Yeah, well, the 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 other part of that too is that that uh, you know speak to the officers that that have shown the restraint in this. I mean, I mean, you you talked about the story about one of your vet, uh, one of your officers who was an Iraq vet, you know that 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 handled a cool situation. But that that you know as you rec- as you train and recruit people, and the adrenaline is rolling in a situation like that to to have a gun pulled on you or sh- or shot at, you know, like what happened, you know, apparently Wednesday night. You know, we had a caller alert us to that on the scanner, and I cautioned them that sometimes the scanner is always correct but you you verified it right now for me that saved that question out of the way but 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 talk about that that psyche about about you know how how can we not expect something bad to happen as far as a police shooting when when you've got this kind of stuff going on i mean I, I don't understand how people can feel that nothing is going to happen or that we're going to continue to have the springfield police always do the 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 uh, uh not have to use lethal force when they're being shot at it's crazy no, that's exactly. You know, you take that specific incident there. Uh, again, it was a shots fired call that we're chasing the guy on. Uh, ends up in a foot pursuit. Um, multiple people jump out of the car. Multiple officers are chasing on foot. As one's chasing, the other one's going the opposite way, thinking he might be able to cut him off. And when he does, he comes around the corner and, uh, you know, points the, gun. the officer yells at him. He points the gun right at the officer. And uh, I'll tell you right now that nine out of ten officers would have uh, used lethal force in that, force in that case and would have would have. Um, you know, probably killed him and would lost a life, and it would would be dealing with you know an unfortunate situation, and it would have been justified. Uh, but obviously, the officer there, uh, along with his training and skills, and the person I believe divine intervention from the Lord above, uh, gave him a split second to order him to drop it, and the guy complied. And uh, you know, but he didn't have to wait for him to point the gun at him. You know. He doesn't have to wait for him to shoot at him. And I hear that so much time, so many times in the community. Uh, but he doesn't have to wait for that. You know, if he, st- as soon as he starts to raise the gun in his direction, he has every right, you know, to do what he has to do to protect himself or somebody else. And, um, you know, we've been fortunate, very fortunate. I hope it never happens, you know. Um, but like I said the other night, statistically, there's an officer involved shooting about every two years. Uh, it's going to happen, unfortunately. I wish our society would never have them, but times are tense right now. Some people feel uh, more empowered to carry weapons. Uh, you know, we've seen, you know, when we look at our crime statistics right now, and COVID, but first we tried to be more reactive. We tried to scale things back, but then our violence started going off the charts with our shootings and stuff in March and April. Uh, we weren't doing traffic stops. We weren't stopping people. I always tell people, you know, well, why do you, you know, what, what does traffic stops have to do with it? Well, how many shootings are drive-bys? And we interrupt shootings by doing traffic stops on known offenders, on people that we believe are involved in gangs and gun violence. And we take guns off the streets through those measures. Uh, 
but again, you know, right now it's just one of those things that uh, there's so much tension in the community, so much tension in our nation right now that uh, we all have to work together to try to diffuse that. And again, you know, my officers aren't perfect. You know, uh, we've been trying to preach the their best patient, their utmost discretion. Um, and, you know, they're, they're out there. They're trying to do their job during tough times. And why we preach to them that, you know, there's a lot of support in our community. And there's no doubt about it. I've seen it. My officers have seen it. But it's hard not to get caught into the whole national narrative thing where, um, you know, the police are the, uh, the bad people right now. And, and that's absolutely not true. Um, and I don't think that's here locally, but there's always been, you know, some people involved in the criminal element, the criminal enterprise that don't like the police, never want the police around, et cetera. And, uh, we're still going to do our job. we got a job to do and a mission to do. And we're going to be out there. Um, it's not fair for these people who have to live in areas that are affected by gun violence on a daily basis. Springfield Police Chief Kenny Winslow, thank you so much for your time, and we'll look forward to, uh, learning more about that ordinance Tuesday night when they have the reading at the committee of the whole meeting. Thank you, Chris. Have a good night.